Well, good morning. And happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers that are here and to those that are not here even. It's a happy Mother's Day for everyone. Hello. So, uh, actually, I have a small gift for our mothers this morning that I would like to give to you. A token of our, our appreciation for all that you have done. Most of what you do as mothers are things that we, uh, we don't know about. And I'll... This pad? And if you would be sure to take this home to your mom tonight. Okay? And since we have some left at the end of the service, please, let's everyone take some. That's just a very small token of appreciation that the church, not this, this, not only this church, but that the church worldwide owes to mothers. Because <coughs> God, co you know, God chose to come through a woman, not through a supernatural act of showing up one day, which you know he could have done that. You know he could have just showed up at. 33, 33 and a half, or whatever age, when he started his ministry. You know, he could have showed up on the banks of the Jordan, began his ministry. Uh, but he chose instead to come as a child. I would like to uh, read that account, as a matter of fact, and think about a few things in it. Now, guys, don't worry. I'm going to try to bend this around to include you in all of this also. But we're going to start out with, with the women because just the way kind of God does things sometimes. And, so, and Luke, the first chapter, will be with the 26th verse through uh, 38. And it's the story of Jesus' birth being foretold. And I'll... Then the sixth hour, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was very perplexed at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We'll take a look at a couple of these verses. Um, 
you know, the, the, the first verse, of course, is uh, look at is verse 28. And Gabriel says, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. You know, if you ever kind of hear that, you might want to fasten your seatbelt a little bit tighter because <coughs> God's got something <coughs> up that's going to probably shock you when he, when he reveals it to you. It, but it says that Mary was very perplexed at this statement. So I, I kind of, when I read that, I kind of thought, well, I'm a little bit like Gabriel, Gabriel you know, because I've seen sometimes that I, I leave Sandra pretty perplexed, you know, when I say stuff. And so I looked up the, you know, one of the definitions for the word perplexed, and I love it. It says, completely baffled. And I'm sure that many times I completely baffle Sandra. I completely baffle myself sometimes. But this is the beginning with Mary. And so, how does, how does it begin with us? When God is calling us to stop, to whatever it is. To just be a part of the journey with Him. Now, He wasn't calling Mary in to do anything unusual. I mean, giving birth to a child was, it was an expectation to do. But the unusual part was the Father was God Himself, the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so I love the way this discourse runs itself through. And, um, and I love Mary because she's so honest about stuff. And uh, Gabriel tells her all about, you know, he will be, a, be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and so forth. And he will reign over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary being a great faith person, she never did take the course on how to have faith. But she just spoke out to say, well, how are you going to do this? I'm a virgin. How can I bear a child as a virgin? How many times do we ask God that silly question? You know, not about, of course, something as dramatic as this. But many times we know God sets us up and we can, you know, uh, Gabriel's not in front of us speaking to us. But we see the setup. you know. God opens our eyes and we can see that he's orchestrating things around us to, call, to get us into a place to respond to his grace and his love. And we're looking at it most of the time and it scares us half to death. Because we cannot see how it can possibly be. And that's where Mary was at. She couldn't see how, how could this possibly be? I'm a virgin. You know, I know many times I've responded to the Lord. How can this possibly be? I'm not qualified in any way, shape, form, or fashion for this. So how can this possibly be? It is because of Him, not because of us. So we have to remember, we don't need to forget who Mary was. She was just a little kid in our eyes. You know, in our eyes, in our present culture and everything, she would have been really looked down on big time because she was probably maybe 13, between 13 and 16 years old, according to most commentators. Very young, but that was the way life was at that time was for young women to
to begin bearing children at a very early age and to bear many children you know because that was seen as favor from God so here's this young woman that is going to have to go and tell Joseph her husband to be that she's been betrothed to which means that really in the eyes of everybody they were married they just had not consummate, consummated the marriage is that the right word they just not lived together and had sex that was all that was left for them to be married in, as told but they were still considered as what we would consider as married or, or engaged the day before the wedding kind of thing and she gets this visitation and she's going to have to go and tell Joseph like well you know an angel visited me you know now I'll be honest if I was engaged when I was a young man and my partner came and told me this story um, I've been, been like Joseph I just wouldn't have believed it you know out of like left and said okay what are we going to do now until an angel visited him of course and then he accepted but what I do love about Mary is that even in this like really really <coughs> stretched time now I, none of us have been stretched like this I don't think no I've been stretched pretty far, I, that, you know, for sure. But I've never been stretched this far to have to walk out in faith and to believe what, what God's spoken to me in such a way. But Mary, being just a young girl, even though she shows the signs that she doesn't understand what's going on and is questioning the very act of how this is going to happen and stuff, but when Gabriel tells her for nothing will be impossible with God she makes this beautiful statement and Mary said behold the bond slave of the Lord may it be done to me according to your, your word and the angel departed from us if we could all be that quick to accept what God's speaking to us if we could all really understand that he's asked us it's not demanded it of us but God is really asking us to become bond slaves now you know the bonds everybody I think should uh, probably know more than I do about a bond slave but it was just someone that was free they had worked out their debt that had made them to be a slave however that was and so they had come to a place where they were set free they were no longer a slave to anyone. They had their total, complete, 100% freedom was given to them. But out of love for the person that they had served for so long, they put themselves back in a position of a slave and were called a bond slave. And that's how the apostles addressed themselves. Paul particularly was always saying a bond slave of Jesus Christ, which means as a bond slave you've given up the right to yourself. And you've put that right into the hands of another. And in our place as a bond slave to Christ, we are placing our lives into His hands, into what He wants, into how He wants, to, how he wants our lives to be. And that's really difficult because sometimes we don't like the way He wants our lives to be. Because you know, sometimes He wants our lives to be hard and difficult so that we understand His love and His grace. 
He doesn't create things and difficulties. He just allows what our normal actions create. You know, there's the scientific thing, call, you know, cause reaction or reaction cause or whatever. There's things that we do out of our old nature or things that we may have done in our past that we pay a price for today. And God has called for us to pay that price as a, as a bond slave, which is allowing Him to pay the cost for whatever it is we're going through. And He does it in His time and not necessarily our time. So, as uh talking with a friend of mine about homilies and stuff and I said well I'm going to do really good today because I'm going to give flowers to the ladies and that will make me a bunch of points right there then I'm going to keep my sermon short and, that'll not, and then I won't lose near as many points but I want to comment on Max because as Ronnie read it I was like that is so cool like Peter's talking and the Holy Spirit just shows up you know would that the Holy Spirit would always show up before I talk too much. And I would recognize that and when to shut up. And to just allow Him to speak into your hearts those things that He wants to speak about His love and His grace for you. And of course, the, that verse in John is one of my very favorite verses. It's a life verse that changed my life when, I, when He spoke that into my life that He chose me. I like the way he said it. I really noticed it a little bit uh, for the first time. It says, you did not choose me. That even though I did not choose him, he chose me. Just as he chose Mary, and just as he's chose you. You may not have chose him, but he has chose you and has called to you to respond to him now. And my prayer is that I would be the first to respond to the Holy Spirit and that all of you would respond to the Holy Spirit, what He's calling you particularly to. And again, I want to thank you moms. Uh, you're special. And God's chosen you to mirror to us His love in a unique and special way that only a mother can truly mirror to her children and to those around her. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, absolutely. You know, when I was first coming into the liturgical and sacramental church, they explained the creed to me. And, uh, and the, the explanation was it doesn't matter what the preacher says it matters this is what we believe this is what we believe here not necessarily what we've just heard or what we've sang even but this is what we actually believe we believe in one God the Father the Almighty maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, 
of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he arose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church in the world. Great Almighty God, that I who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, the people of this land and of all the nations and the ways of justice,